For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Power Punch. Get charged up on the truth. Now, Power Punch with Larry Barons on News Talk STL. Well, 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 hello and welcome to Power Punch. I'm so glad you've joined us today. And I, I really mean it. I hope you hear the sincerity in my voice. I am so glad you choose to take an opportunity to not turn the dial or to say, you know what? I'm going to listen to that crazy guy who likes to talk to me for an hour once a week. That crazy guy, I have a name. His name is Larry Barons. I'm so glad to be here with you. And you got, I got to tell you, just out of the gate, I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, cranked up level. I'm about, uh, you know, a 6.0 on the Richter scale right now. And so not, not too, too crazy, but enough that it gets your attention. And the reason why is, you know, last week I had the, I'll use the air quotes, opportunity to travel back to a foreign blue state I used to live in. And I just got to tell you, I, I can't articulate it well enough. I cannot put a fine enough point on it to just let you know how lucky you are to live where you live. And and even if you're in Illinois, which I know is it's a, a nip and tuck there some ways and and we may talk about it later, but at least you know maybe rural Illinois, it's this state and this area is just fantastic. The the prevailing of common sense. I got to tell you, it is I I think and maybe you wouldn't, but it just opens my eyes every time. I took the kids, took the wife and they were like even just 2 years removed from moving from there, they were like, oh my gosh, I forgot how bad it was. Oh my gosh, I forgot how crazy it was. It is still residual crazy going on there. Even with our governor, you know, uh, shredding the constitution to come after guns, it is still just residual crazy in so many parts of this country. And and I wish it wasn't so. I, I wish that there was a baseline of common sense, but that eroded a long time ago. Right. That went out the window a long time ago. And and we're seeing those chickens come home to roost right now across uh, across the country and across the nation. So I guess that's my way of, of it. Yeah, I'll start off on a positive note. Be happy where you are because it is it could be so much worse. And we'll get into that a little bit. But today, right here on Power Punch, I, I'm proud to tell you, and I say it without reservation, we are unimpeachable. That's right. We're unimpeachable. Can't say so much for Joe Biden. <laughs> I hope you I hope you had a chance to just take in a little bit. Not not the whole thing. You can't nobody, you know, if if you're like me and you can watch a government hearing for a long time, I really feel that there should be just, you know, a special island for crazy people like us who can just watch those government hearings for a long time because you know, you you kind of get the gist after the first 20 25 minutes. But it is something where if you watch the whole thing, and so I did it for you. You're, you're welcome. I don't know what it did to my health. There may be, you know, I may be on my deathbed, uh, you know, years, weeks, tomorrow from now and, and be like, boy, I wish I wouldn't have spent that time. But you know what? I'm here for you. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to break it down for you real quick. Here's, uh, here's the, the Cliff's Notes version of the hearing. Uh, here's all this evidence that Hunter Biden did this stuff and that Joe Biden probably knew about it. And the Democrats saying, shut down, shut down, shut down. And we're going to get into the shutdown because I have a, a, let's say a cold hearted confession to make about government shutdowns. And I think I'm not alone. I see you out there, but first we're going to get into Hunter. 
And here is, you know, uh, one of the things that we know about Hunter Biden is that he is in positions and making money that someone of his ability should not be. It's just that simple, right? There, there has there been anything in Hunter Biden's life? Now, take out, even take out the laptop. Anything in Hunter Biden's life that said, you know, that guy should be in charge of some things. And, and I can hear you laughing. The answer is absolutely not. In fact, the thing, you know, you could say the same about his dad, but just, just get to Hunter real quick. And here's what we found a, a little bit this week. We're going to dive deep into it here in a little bit. And first, we're going to hear from uh, Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. Here's what she had to say. And it's important to look at where we are today and the facts we've already uncovered. Since the start of this year, House Republicans have uncovered over 20 LLCs used by the Biden family. We've also uncovered over $20 million while then-Vice President Joe Biden. That $20 million from China, Russia, Ukraine, Romania, going into the Biden family. We also know that, according to very reliable, confidential human sources that has worked for decades with the FBI, that there was a bribery scheme when it came to Burisma and the Obama administration policy for Ukraine. So this is what I believe will be the largest political corruption scandal in our lifetime mm -hmm. and potentially in the history of the country. The American people deserve all the facts and transparency. That's why we're making sure that we're pursuing impeachment inquiry. So you start to get a, a, a mental image of the, the mishmash of what they had to do in order to, I don't know, work this arrangement. I'll, I'll say it nicely like that. You have 20 LLCs and the countries are, uh, you know, uh, a who's who list of those who don't like us or those who are taking money from us or sometimes both. Thank you, Joe Biden. And they had set up 20 LLCs. If, if you have ever set up an LLC, I have, and I know many, many, many of you have, you know that it's like, it's kind of a pain. You have to be accountable for some things and there's some paperwork, but that's, <laughs> that's just for us normal people. Those 87,000 IRS agents, uh, they're, they're going to be watching your Venmo, but Hunter Biden has different rules, but they set up 20 of these things. In the meantime, you have the other side saying no evidence, no evidence. They have that little computer. Here's a countdown to the shutdown. Like it was a doomsday clock. The left loves their doomsday clocks, don't they? And I thought, well, you know, at least the government shutdown one is, is you know, we, we have less time than the climate one. So that's good. I don't know how many countdown clocks that they've had since we're supposed to, to have ended it all. But that's, uh, that's their MO. That's their thing. And so the House Republicans, when it was all told, someone took count, they presented two dozen pieces of evidence. This was, uh, this was all on Thursday, I think, that linked Joe Biden to his son's overseas business dealings. And the evidence suggests that the Biden family business, wink, business is exactly what it appears to be, an influence peddling scheme on a scale never before seen in American history. And I wanted to just share this part with you because we're going to hear this if we haven't already. You're going to hear this from your liberal friends, right? That Washington is just a messy place. This is uh, Jonathan Turley. He is a George Washington University law professor. He was there to, I presume, show that this is indeed a level of impeachment or at least enough level to go to inquiry. And he admits that even though Washington, D.C. is awash in influence peddling, he's never seen 
anything of this size and complexity, then that Congress has a duty to determine if the president is involved in what is known, what is a known form of corruption. So not only that, I mean, let's just take about it real quick. This is, uh, you, you know, imagine the losingest team in the world. And that's Washington, D.C. And this guy says, yeah, yeah, it's bad here. But this is even beyond that. This is the Washington generals level of corruption and terribleness. And that is what we are dealing with. Oh, oh, but we got to shut down. The shutdown may be coming. That's what the Democrats wanted to talk about. So it says, you know, that it is what we know. And here's what I wanted to hit on right now. You have two Joe Bidens, or at least two that I can count. There's probably more. Let's be honest. You have two Joe Bidens. One Joe Biden is the big guy, right? The big guy who is getting 10%, who just so happens to call and check up on the son he loves so much while his son is sitting with oligarchs and other business leaders and Chinese communist companies. Just it's coincidence, you guys. Who among, who among us hasn't called to check up on the kids while they're sitting with Chinese communists? Cast the first stone. Yeah, that's right. So it's just coincidence that Joe Biden happens to call and, and he is peddling this influence. And you know what? Uh, be proud. I don't. Maybe your kiddo's a lawyer. Maybe your kiddo's a doctor. Maybe they, they, they play ball really well. You know what? No matter how great your kid is, your kid will probably never get paid a million dollars a year to sit on the board of an energy company when he or she knows nothing about energy. And not only an energy company in the United States, but one in Ukraine. Does, does he even speak Ukrainian slash Russian? But he's on the board of the company. It's just, again, it's just coincidence. Just cool your heels. Just relax. Who among us, again, has not had a child making a million dollars sitting on a foreign energy company's board? All right. And so this is what you have. You have the big guy, Joe Biden, who loves fracking, loves, loves, loves it. Can't get enough fracking. Fracking in Ukraine, loves it. Little boy makes money. Fracking in Saudi Arabia, loves it because his NGO is his green friends are okay with it. Fracking in Venezuela, well, you know that guy is a known human rights abuser. <laughs> I don't care. We love his fracking. Can I say we fracking love him? FCC all worked up now. Unless there's a shutdown that I can probably see what I want. I don't know. So you have the big guy, Joe Biden, who loves, loves, love energy when he's getting a cut or his family's getting a cut. And we all know, we've all seen the text. We've all seen the emails of, hey, you know what? Uh, we're going to make money and I won't make you take as much as my dad does. Right? We've all seen it. Again, uh, according to the left, not a shred of evidence. And so we see this Joe Biden and then there's there's President Biden. I, I, I almost wish we could have like a Bambi theme in the background with the, the birds chirping, the butterflies. President Biden loves the earth. He hates fracking. Fracking's bad. It's terrible. You you want cheap gas? No, that's fracking. You you want a, a SUV? No. Oh, that's only for presidents and you know secretaries of transportation. No, you don't get to do any of that. We're going to eliminate evil fossil fuels. Oh, what's that? What's that? Hunters on the board? We're going to eliminate evil fossil fuels just in this geographic area where my family's not making any money. And you have to ask yourself how Joe Biden, I mean, we, we know how. It's a grift on both ends. 
But no one is asking the question how green Joe Biden reconciles himself with the Joe Biden who was getting the 10% for the big guy cut of his son getting paid a million dollars a year for multiple years to sit on the board of an energy company in Ukraine. Let's just take that moment and, and, and let's just take it. I'll, I'll do you one better. Do you remember they impeached the last guy, the house impeached the last guy for a phone call to the guy that we're now sending billions of dollars to so many billions that the Pentagon loses track of the money and their planes. Do you remember that? They impeached the last guy over a phone call of that. But your son works for a company there? You go in to fire the prosecutor there? Oh, that's perfectly okay. It's, it's no evidence is what they'll tell you, is what they will try to peddle. And here's a part that, that, that gets me. Besides the, the, you know, the green Joe Biden, who, let me, let me just say, if you, if you are a radical environmentalist, I'm talking about eating curds and whey, haven't showered for a month, that Volkswagen Beetle, you're outside the Chinese restaurant, so you get the vegetable oil to run it. If you are that radical environmentalist, how do you feel about this president that you love so dearly making his son making a million dollars a year off of fracking because it's in the Ukraine? Oh, that's right. It's not about saving the earth for most of them. It's about the green grift. That's what they'll keep doing. Hey, speaking of the grift, this is what we uh, figured out this week. This is uh, Jim Jordan from Ohio. He said, never forget four fundamental facts. One, Hunter Biden gets put on the board of Bursma, uh, getting paid a lot of money, a million dollars a year. I mean, it's a lot of money to some. Tom Brady will probably you know look the other way. But for most of us, a million dollars a year, we'll do it. Fact two, Hunter Biden has is not qualified to sit on that board. Not in my words, not in his words. He says he got on the board because of the brand, because of the name. Fact number three, the executives of Burisma ask Hunter Biden to weigh in and help them with the pressure they are under from a prosecutor in Ukraine. And fact number four, Joe Biden goes to Ukraine in December 2015, gives a speech attacking the prosecutor that starts the process of getting the guy fired. What a great, it's great work if you can get it. Where was green Joe Biden then? Where was the, you're going to get out of that gas-powered vehicle, unless you're holding a parking space for my energy secretary. You're going to get out of that gas-powered vehicle and get this EV. Give me your dishwasher. Give me your gas stove. Give me your AC. Give me your competence, because he has none. And why would he fly to Ukraine to interfere with a prosecutor going after an energy company? He should be happy. They're prosecuting energy company. Oh, no, no. He only does that to American workers. He only does that to those men and women who, you know, try to work day in and day out to keep our society going. They don't get to have a shutdown. Can you imagine for a second? I mean, the pick whatever industry you're in. Imagine if you decided, you know, what, we're going to shut down too. What would happen? Doctors, nurses, oh, we're shutting down too. Uh, okay. Energy workers. Oh, we're shutting down too. Uh, okay. I mean, society would come to a screeching halt. Truckers, we're shutting down too. Government shuts down. Yeah, we're kind of okay. And that's the cold hearted part that we're going to get to in a moment. We're going to get all shut down crazy with a potential shutdown, a real possibility. Let's talk about uh, why DC loves it and who who may not uh, get shut down? Hey, you're listening to Power Punch with Larry Barron's. We'll be back right after this. 
Get more Power Punch at NewstalkSTL.com. You're listening to Power Punch with Larry Barons on News Talk STL. For podcast articles and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Get charged up on the truth. This is Power Punch with Larry Barons on News Talk STL. Welcome back to Power Punch. I'm so glad that you are here with me. And you know what? You decided, you know what? The threat of a shutdown is not going to stop me from listening to what I want to listen to, which is Power Punch. Or, you know, maybe you're in a place where you can't change the dial. Either way, we're here together and we're going to make the most of it. And I appreciate that. You know, I, uh, I have to be honest, a confession, if you will. Come close. Listen closely. Here's my crazy part. I love government shutdowns. I do. I love them. I love them. And, and you lefties over there at Media Matters or whoever can clip that and, and, and run with it and go crazy and cry crocodile tears over it. And that's fine. Well, I told you Republicans love it. I do. I love them. There's some parts I don't like. Don't get me wrong. But by and large, I'm okay with it. Now I get it. Everyone's going to be like, you know what? You just don't understand the intricacies. No, no, I understand them. I get it. Here's what, here's what we, you know, need to be honest about. Not only do I, this, this may be one of the few times you hear me say this, maybe ever. Not only do I love the government shutdowns, but Joe Biden loves this one too. The White House loves it too. Every DC bureaucrat loves it too. You know why? Because they get paid anyway. If you saw earlier or late last week, there was somebody asking, I think it was uh, uh, the Biden's budget director. How do you get that job? Anyway, Biden's budget director. And they, they, they mentioned a congressman, it may have been the speaker, who's going to give up his salary. And oh, by the way, remember President Trump gave up his salary for his entire term. But you know, whatever, Joe, 10% for the big guy. And they asked, you know, the speaker's going to give up his, his salary. Is the president going to do that? And they just go, that's theater. Of course he's not giving up this. Joe Biden has never met a check that he doesn't like. No, I'll leave it at that. He has never met a chick that he doesn't like. And so here's, here's what I'm curious about. I got, I got some shutdown questions. All right. Here's my question. If you're a staffer for Jennifer Granholm and you're in charge of the gas powered vehicle that you have to park to block out people so that the secretary has a place to charge her vehicle, are you, are you getting shut down? Are you, are you upset about it? If you're the if you're Cub Scout Pete Buttigieg, who admitted this week he's taken 600 flights since he took the job, 30 plus of them on a private jet. How's that carbon footprint going, Cub Scout Pete? Is he is the person who books those flights for him? Are they are they worried about the shutdown? The person who is in charge of never ever 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 finding who brought cocaine to the White House, are they part of the government shutdown or not? Nah? I don't know. These are these are the shutdown questions I have. But let's get into it a little bit. I'm going to I'm gonna uh, play a clip for you. And you're going to be like, Larry, what's that have to do with the shutdown? I'll tell you in a little bit. But let's just take it first a listen to what uh, Joe Biden is up to when it comes to your gas prices. President Biden is coming down here to patronize. When he comes down here, he needs to talk about his policies. And the fact that he actually doesn't hate fossil fuels. He doesn't hate oil and gas. 
He just hates American oil and gas. He has no problem going to Venezuela and to Saudi Arabia uh, where people are starving and they have human rights violations and asking for energy. He has no problem selling our strategic petroleum reserve to China and now it's at the lowest level since I was three years old. He has no problem with that. He has a problem with American auto workers and getting, uh, getting jobs. He has a problem with American auto workers thriving in the future, where even Sean Fain, the UAW president, is saying that due to this EV transition, double digits, people who are striking right now aren't going to have jobs in the next five to 10 years. So there you have it there. So what you ask, what does that have to do with the shutdown? I'll tell you, boys and girls, because late Friday, while, you know, you were busy, you know, being productive and helping America, here's what our Department of the Interior was doing. Just, just, just take this in real quick. This is I. I'm gonna read the. I'm gonna read it verbatim. You're gonna think I'm speaking fairy tales. This is verbatim from their website. Reflecting America's rapid and accelerating shift to clean energy, Interior Department announces fewest offshore oil, gas, and lease sales in history. A proposed final program for 2024 to 2029. Yeah, let that sink in. While while those folks in California are dropping seven bucks per gallon, and we're not having you know any fun with gas prices here either, right? The Department of the Interior chose the Friday before a potential shutdown to drop their five-year plan for oil and natural gas in the Gulf of Mexico. That is a huge part of American development. It is nearly 90% of our refining capacity, by the way. And they are proudly saying fewest oil and gas leases in history. So again, for those keeping score at home, Joe Biden hates American energy. And he loves this shutdown because his little group can throw out press releases by this. And you know what? Here's what's crazy. Just like no really mainstream network covered the impeachment hearing, Joe Biden will run to the stage when he starts to feel a little heat or when some staffer writes on his note card what he should talk about. He's going to run to the stage and be like, oh, Putin, oh, Saudi Arabia. The last I checked, at least not yet. Vladimir Putin doesn't run Department of Interior. Saudi Prince doesn't run Department of Interior. Joe Biden runs Department of Interior. And they are bragging about the fewest oil and natural gas leases in history starting next year. So whatever, and and you'll hear it, and the leftist, and it just makes me want to puke. The leftist will say, well, you know, the president's not in charge of gas prices. It's a global thing. It's Saudi Arabia. It's Putin. Putin in Ukraine. He's not in charge of the gas prices. Oh, shut up. Can I share something with you? Something that I'm not on blood pressure medication, but this about puts me to the edge. I was in that blue state last week, and I go to a grocery store to pick up something for the kiddos. And there is um, a gas guzzling car there, an aged gas guzzling car. Again, I don't, I don't begrone you having it, but on there is a bumper sticker on a car. I'm going to reiterate again on a, on a vehicle, because that's going to be important here in a second. And it said, stop Putin, ride a bike. And it has a Ukraine flag with a little gas pump on it. On a bumper sticker. Where else are you going to put that? But on the thing where you're not riding a bike. This is the eco-left in the world that we live in. These are the people who tell you, you're too dumb to know the world geoeconomics of how gas works. No, you know. You know that when there's a guy who limits supply, the price is going to be artificially inflated. 
speak about artificially inflated. How about those interest rates? You know that when he attacks American energy industry, that it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt not only at the pump, but at the grocery store. When you try to go buy a house, when you try to do anything right now. And we know that, right? We know Americans are struggling right now. But what about, what about the government shutdown people? What about them? Larry, well, you know, it's really interesting when you see a government shutdown. The first government shutdown, gather around boys and girls, story time with Uncle Larry. The first government shutdown, I remember, was mid-90s. It was, it was your boy, uh, Bill Clinton. And it was, uh, ironically, I was on the radio. Yeah, that's right. Little college radio station. And, and we were joking. We were like, hey, if the government shut down, does that mean we can curse because the FCC isn't there? And then we went back to playing classical music because that's all the station would let us play. Yeah, I'm still here. I know. But we started to realize, you know what? The world didn't end there. And that made the government first people so mad. They got so ticked off, right? It's like, oh no, they realize they don't need us. They may realize they don't need us. And we see that that's exactly what's happened. And so they've learned since then, right? They've learned that they have to cut off the things that the American public loves and so that they could assign blame for a government shutdown. And what am I talking about? Because in addition to that press release where they talk about they're going to have less oil and natural gas due to the government shutdown, we had another one from the Department of Interior. We're shutting down the parks, baby. Oh, that's right. That part that we actually enjoy, the part that actually makes us feel better, that we learn, the part of, you know, the federal government that we see. We're like, hey, you know what? This is working. This, this gets, this, this works. I, even the lines of the Grand Canyon notwithstanding. This works. Uh, you know, 87,000 IRS agents, that's terrible, but this works. And they say, no, no, you don't get it. Who's with me? Who's old enough to remember the last government shutdown where they had the World War II monument in Washington, D.C.? And if you've been there, you can literally walk up to it. You don't need a guide from the National Park Service. And I think it was Obama who threw the gates around it. So they literally were saying, no, you just can't even walk up to stone. The government is shut down. And then there was literal World War II veterans that went, they tore down the gates. There was never been, in my mind, a more straightforward explanation of the fact that the government shutdown is not something that we should fear in any way, shape, or form. And because it is something that we start to realize, you know what, maybe they're doing a whole lot that we don't need. I mean, the Democrats feel that way, right? They feel that the impeachment inquiry is not needed. But lo and behold, if they were to start passing bills that say, you know what, we don't like the government, we're okay with the government shutdown, we wish the parks were open, well, let's just start passing a bill to open up the national parks. Okay. But then maybe the IRS stays closed. Maybe the EPA stays closed. Maybe the National Highway Transportation Safety Board stays closed. We'll get into them here in a little bit. Maybe all these things that just do nothing but provide jobs for bureaucrats, maybe they don't get funded again. If we start to pick and choose which parts of the federal government really like, maybe Joe Biden doesn't get that salary. He'll do fine. Hunter will land another energy gig. It'll be fine. 
But that's what they fear, right? And that is the, the philosophical problem of the left. The left has never seen any industry that is not government supported that they like. It's no coincidence that they come after energy the way that they do. Why? Because largely, unlike other countries, that's not nationalized here. Not yet. So they can't control it nearly as much. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're, they're trying as much, looking at you, EPA, they're trying as much as they can. They throw this regulation here. They don't agree to a permit there. They issue five-year plans and brag that it's the least oil and natural gas in history in the Gulf. Keep in mind, this is the same guy when prices go up, Putin, 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 while his own administration is doing this. And it, uh, yeah, we, we reached the vomiting part of today's program. Please prepare. Please make sure your seat is in an upright position for your vomiting. They said that they were happy to do this because these proposed leases are the minimum number that will enable the Interior Department to continue to expand its offshore wind leasing program through 2030. The only reason they do it was because the law said you had to do at least these to get all the money for all the blowhard, for, for all the wind. That is offshore. We got to kill some whales. We got to take out the whales. That's the only reason they would even do less if they could have gotten away with it. What do you think goes through the Interior Department when they issue a press release like this on a Friday before a potential government shutdown? They don't want it to have attention. They don't want the media to cover it. They don't want the American people to know about it. And I'll tell you why. It's because when the prices go up and they stay up and we are hurting and make no mistake, I don't have to tell you, we are hurting more than we have in my lifetime. Not an exaggeration. Anybody, I mean, they treat us like we haven't been to a grocery store in three years. Anybody knows that we are hurting right now and they don't want the blame. They want you to believe that government shut down bad and shutting down the border also bad. That's who we're dealing with here. They cannot fathom a world where the government does not have their hand supporting every industry. I mean, think of the industries right now that are dead without the federal government. Academia, goodbye. Right? Try to get by without the, the federal funding there. And so what do they do when they control it? They start messing with student loans because then they can manipulate it. Name any other industry that they're doing. Oh yeah, national parks, part of it, tourism, part of it, right? They want to mess with it because once they have control of it, they can manipulate it. They can manipulate us. They, it, we can't be left to our own wisdom on this, right? We can't be left to choose our own appliances and to choose our own things because if we're allowed to do that, we may not choose the ones they want us to choose. And that's why. That's why they secretly love government shutdowns because they know the money's going to keep flowing. They know that they're going to get uh, time off from really not working. Yeah, I'm looking at many government employees. Not all of you. Don't get worked up. And so when you see all the crocodile tears, and, and I've seen it too from leftist politicians, my favorite ones are, look, it's going to help. It's going to hurt struggling families. When over the last two years have they cared about struggling families? Riddle me that. 
we've seen over the last two years, the party that has always said, we care about the poor. We're here for the poor. Look the other way while prices went up to levels not seen since like Empire Strikes Back was in the theaters. And that's why my, one of my favorite quotes from this week was from none other than Jake Tapper talking about, you know, Joe Biden's approvals down. It's down near Jimmy Carter. That's because we have the same economy as Jimmy Carter. <sighs> Deep breath. I'll, I'll get you through it. And, and you know what? As we go to this last segment here, let me, I'm going to give you something that uh, you may not expect to hear. Last segment coming up on Power Punch. We're going to give our, our heartfelt, sincere goodbye to our favorite Diane Feinstein moment. Coming up on Power Punch. Stick with us. Get more Power Punch with Larry Barons at NewstalkSTL.com. This is Power Punch with Larry Barons on News Talk STL. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. You're listening to Power Punch with Larry Barons on News Talk STL. Welcome back. Last segment. How did we get here? Oh, that's right. I opened up my blabbering mouth. But you're still here with me, and I appreciate it. Larry Barron's here with you. Thanks for joining us. And by the way, before we get into it, uh, feel free to drop me an email, yell at me all you want, Larry at PowerTheFuture.com. I'm on the Twitters at Larry Barron's. Good luck if you can spell that last name. I barely can some days. And I look forward to hearing from you if you're going to say nice things. If you're not going to say nice things, then my uh, junk mailbox looks forward to hearing from you. And I could say that from the bottom of my heart. Well, we know this is... um. Something here that, you know, I read these reports. I'm going to read these reports to you on how lousy the economy is. And they're what economists call lagging reports because they do exactly that, right? You go in the grocery store, you see it's awful. And then like six weeks later, some bureaucrat in D.C. says, oh, things are awful in the grocery store. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Thanks. Appreciate appreciate you telling me what I, what I know, right? While we're all standing on the corner begging for spare change. Here are two things, though that tell us about the the fun of Bidenomics. And it's something that I'm going to say in a jovial voice. I'm going to read to you in a jovial voice, but it's going to be to, to keep from crying because we need to know what Joe Biden has delivered to us in so many ways. So this is from, hold your breath. This is from CBS News. What? <laughs> What's the saying about a blind squirrel? Broken clock? This is from CBS News. Homes, and they put this in quotes, home unaffordable in 99% of nation for the average American. The typical American cannot afford to buy a home in a growing number of communities across the nation. Thanks. Thanks, economists. We didn't know. You know, I was I was getting ready to slap down a couple of cool mill for that sweet lakefront property. But no, no. CBS says I can't afford it. We know we can't afford it. Anyway, that's the main takeaway from a new report from real estate providers. Researchers examined the medium home prices last year for roughly 575 U.S. counties and found that home prices in 99% of those areas are beyond the reach of the average income owner who makes $71,000 a year. Now, it doesn't get into is that both uh, parents working or is it per household or, or, or how they get into it. But they assume that the average American making about 71K a year cannot afford a home in 99% of America. Let's talk about where we are with this real quick. Let's just take a moment to mourn a bit 
the loss of the American dream. Right. Yeah. And I, I remember I watched, uh, um, what, what movie is that uh, from my youth formative? I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm a little ashamed to say it. Uh, reality bites, right? Mid nineties, Winona Ryder. How you doing? And it was like, the guy comes in and they're like, oh, he's just going to stay here until he get his own place. And she goes, that's the American dream of the nineties. Well, 2023, here we are. 99% of us can't afford a home in most of America. It says the only people who are selling right now are people who really need to move because of a life event, divorce, marriage, new baby, new job, etc. The lack of new inventory is keeping prices high. Yeah, that's it. It's the inventory. I'm sure, you know, the cost to build doesn't have anything to do with it. I'm sure the interest rates have nothing to do with it. Of course they do. We know why, but this is, that's, I, I told you it was from CBS News, so you're going to get the spin. No one is going to uh, point to it as like, oh yeah, there's a guy that wrecked the economy and killed the American dream, at least for now. And the, uh, just serious, I, I try to be jovial about it because it hurts, but I know there's nothing jovial about what all of you are going through. I've, I've been there right? I've seen the fact that the grocery store trip that used to be a quick thing just to get a few items is now well over a hundred bucks. And you're like, where do you get the hundred bucks from? Is it the credit card? Can I get it till next month? Or maybe the credit card's gone. This is the real pain. And this is the real consequences of an elitist ruling class that separates themselves from the reality that we're all dealing with. They have this luxury of detachment, I joke that we don't have kids, you know, on boards of energy companies overseas making a million a year, but we, we don't. And when someone is ruling us from that level, they don't understand what's happening. They read reports and they lament and their spin meisters will take the podiums and tell you it's really the other guy's fault. But all the while we're suffering. But wait. There's more. Higher gasoline prices forced Americans to spend more in August and pushed up the Federal Reserve's main measure of inflation, providing more evidence that the path to lower inflation is unlikely to be a smooth one. I like how they say that. It's unlikely to be a smooth landing while they're sitting in their suits talking on CNBC. And we're wondering, like, how am I going to pay for my kid's school lunch? They need shoes. I mean, forget baseball practice. Forget, you know, donating to that charity I used to donate to. I mean, I've been there and I know so many of you have been there. When you look at your kiddos and you're like, you know how much food is in the fridge or isn't, you know how much money is in the bank account or isn't, and you feel helpless. When you have an administration of people that were supposed to be there to help you and the best that they can do is tell you, oh, it's just the other guy's fault. You have to understand that that's not what our parents accepted. That's not what our grandparents accepted. And so that's me saying, recognizing the toughness of it, acknowledging that it doesn't have to be this way, but it's going to be this way as long as the people who are in charge continue to be in charge in Washington. And... I know I work for an energy uh, nonprofit and we advocate for American energy. And I don't mean to tie everything to that, but everything really is tied to that, right? 
If gas prices are high for you, they're high for the person delivering your food. They're high for the person delivering uh, the goods to your house. They're high for the teacher that is teaching your kiddos. They're high for the school that's trying to keep the air conditioner going and trying to get ready for the heating season. They're, they're high all around for all these things. And it's going to, and we're the ones that get grinded, right? We're the ones trying to figure out how to make it work. Because and there is an elite ruling class in Washington who is just more than happy to look the other way. And I wish I had some some snazzy answers. I do, but you know the answers, and I and I know what it is. There is an opportunity to put Americans to work to unleash American energy, but we have uh, an administration in Washington that is beholden to special interest. If I guess if you want to be an energy worker, uh, an American energy worker, you got to go to Ukraine to get that job now. Because they're gonna, they're the ones getting all the money. Well, speaking of elite ruling class, and I, I, I'm gonna tread light here. I'm gonna tread light. I'm not gonna tread light. Don't be silly. You know, uh, it was uh, late this week that uh, the gentle lady from California, Senator Feinstein, passed away. And and you know, we were talking about it um, briefly, and and you know, she was in the Senate beyond what many people thought she should be in terms of her quality of life and so forth. But she was a diligent vote for the Biden uh, regime. And so including up to the day she passed away, she was still casting votes for Joe Biden. And you have to ask yourself, you know, why? And we know why. Because the left sees government power as the ultimate expression of someone's life. And so why would they ever leave it? Even until their literal dying day, why would they ever leave it? But in honor of Senator Feinstein, yeah, those words just left my mouth. I want to take a moment. And when I say a moment, it's going to be a couple minutes. Uh, here is she <laughs> encountering some kids. Uh, I, I forget when, but I want to say it was not that long ago that had come to her office. And, and these kids look to be about 13, 14. I think one of them mentions they're 16, and you'll see why. Here is Diane Feinstein encountering climate children. They're just trying to save the earth because they're going to be impacted. And they're, you know, adult agitators when they came to her office. This is uh, in honor of Senator Feinstein, who passed away this week. Ask you to vote yes on the Green New Deal. Oh, please. Okay, I'll tell you what. We have our own Green New Deal. Some scientists have said that we have 12 years to turn this around. Well, it's not going to get turned around in 10 years. What we can do Senator, if is this doesn't get turned around in 10 years, you're looking at the faces of the people who are going to be living with these consequences. The government and is supposed to be for the people and by the people and all You know what's interesting about this group is I've been doing this for 30 years. I know what I'm doing. You come in here and you say it has to be my way or the highway. I don't respond to that. I've gotten elected. I just ran. I was elected by almost a million vote plurality. And I know what I'm doing. So, you know, maybe people should listen a little bit. 
I hear what you're saying, but we're the people who voted you. You're supposed to listen to us. That's your job. How old are you? I'm 16. I can't vote. you didn't vote for me. Well, she voted for you. It doesn't matter. We're the ones going to be impacted. It doesn't matter. We're going to be the ones who are impacted. I understand that. I have seven grandchildren. I understand it very well. Senator, the cost of not taking this action is far higher than the cost of what the Green New Deal will be. And there is enormous popularity for this bill around the whole country. And we're asking you to be brave and do this for us and for your grandchildren. I'm trying to do the best I can which was to write a responsible resolution. Any plan that, that doesn't take bold, transformative okay. action is not going to be what we need. Well, we need you know better than I do. So I think one day you should run for the Senate. Great. And then you do it your way. But by that time, in the meantime, I just, I just won a big election. It's hard to pull a favorite line out of that one, right? They're like, we voted for you. Well, how old are you? 16? You didn't vote for me. She, she literally dunks on them. And and I think if I had to pull a favorite line from there, from Senator Feinstein, it would be, I've been doing this 30 years. Now take a moment. Some of us, not all of us, some of us have been doing things for 30 years. If you do something for 30 years and you have nothing to show for it, like Diane Feinstein does, besides, you know, a Chinese communist cab driver, you have to ask yourself, how, how effective are you? And, you know, what's interesting is she won re-election after that, right? And so those kids who she dunked on may have very well voted for her after they became voting age. Or even maybe a little before I see a California. And so that's uh, honor of Diane Feinstein, who uh, tried to reason with the climate cult and came out dunking on a bunch of little kids. <laughs> you know, she may be gone, but those memories will last forever. Hey, thanks so much for joining me this week. I really appreciate it. Again, if you want to say hello, it's Larry at PowerTheFuture.com, at Larry Barron's on Twitter. Those are the only places I'll, I'll deal with it. Uh, you know, anywhere else, if you want to see me on the street again and punch me in the face, uh, then, well, I'm just going to go into my bunker where no one can find me. Until then, I appreciate you listening, and I think we're going to do it again next week. Thanks so much. Talk to you then. Get more Power Punch at NewstalkSTL.com. Power Punch with Larry Barons on NewstalkSTL. Perhaps I've grown a little cynical. For podcast articles and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com.